0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Ponko Chicken. Ponko Chicken, if you did not already know, is a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine. Uh, There are stores, if you're not familiar, um, all around the Atlanta area. Uh, there's one in Marietta now, there's one in Buckhead, there's one in Shambly. there's one in uh, Midtown. They're popping up everywhere because Ponko is awesome and uh they're like family. So um go check out Ponko if you have not already. It is the home of the award-winning Japanese American chicken tender, just to brag on them a little bit more. They were Verizon Super Bowl Live top-selling vendor, three-peat Taste of Atlanta Award winner, um, uh, Midtown Alliance Best Taste winner, just They won all the awards because Ponko is great and Ponko is delicious. So if you are in the Atlanta area and are looking to try something new and good and delicious, go check out Ponko Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. Uh, Also, if you have not already, go check out chasenonespodcast.com. It's where all of my episodes to all of my podcasts are, all of my writing. That I do. Um, more information on me and who I am, um, and why you should be listening to this podcast and reading my work and all of that great stuff. Go do that. Go to Chase Thomas Podcast today. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, go ahead and leave me five stars and a rating and a review. That's great. I need it. Um, it helps the show continue to grow and all of that good stuff. Um, you can listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, like I said, Apple, Google Play, everywhere where you can get your podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast will be there. So go do that today um all right i think that's everything we can get into today's episode uncle darren let's go
1: chase thomas pod the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it
0: all right welcome back to a tuesday afternoon edition of the chase thomas podcast old friend sean lay of nbc sports is here sean good afternoon how are you chase thanks for having me how you doing it's been a, little, been a little bit, man. Um, I'm glad that we're able to do this because it's the midway point for the NHL season. And as we were talking about before we started recording, uh, nothing is happening in the NHL right now.
1: No, it's a very quiet. There hasn't been any outdoor, you know, any tremendous outdoor games. No coaches getting fired. Just ho-hum week in the NHL. But, yeah, it's been, it's been, a, wild, uh, been a wild start to 2020 so far. We're only a, a week in pretty much. So a lot's happened so far.
0: Well, I want to start with the Lightning, um, and this will probably play into the Canucks a little bit too, but the Lightning have won seven straight. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about what's wrong with Tampa Bay this season, a lot of question marks there, um, not as much with Toronto, but still some weird question marks with them. Are, are you, what, what has changed in Tampa Bay that got them back on track to really be in play for um, winning the Atlantic and all that kind of stuff at this point?
1: I, th- I mean, I think it starts with the goaltending, right? Andre Vasilevsky, Vesna guy gets that big contract, has a great year last year and this year. The start was just not just not what they wanted, uh, not what you expect from a-, a guy who played so well last year. Uh, in, in his first year with, with the big money. And, uh, you know, you, you, knew the, the, the roster was going to perform well, right? The, the Kucherov Stamkos had been in point the, the, the lines were loaded. They're not going to struggle collectively over 82 games, uh, any kind of slumps, you know, they're going to get out of, they have a good coach, uh, who has a good rapport to players. Just just the uh, got that slow start and, and it hurt them. Um. And also they were, they were missing some guys throughout the lineup here and there. Uh, but you, you knew they were going to come around. So once Vasovsky started, started playing better, you, you knew this was going to happen, right? You, that, that, to me, I saw the lightning struggles earlier in the year. And I'm just like, this team is way too good. To be performing below standards as we as we saw as we saw last year, right? Maybe there's a little bit of a hangover from from how disappointing last season ended with with uh, them going out in the first round. Um, but I think Breeze brought made some some wise pickups. I think the the Shattenkirk move was tremendous. You you knew. Once healthy, Shackerk was going to bounce back to be his old self, and he certainly has done that. And it helps when you're playing with, with Victor Hedman part of the time, and it, and it helps when you're, you're in that lineup where, unlike with the Rangers, he doesn't need to be the number one guy. He can settle into his spot and, and perform well, and that's what he's been doing. So, um, I'm glad to see the Lightning playing well because they're as we as we know they're they're a very fun team to watch. And I think the fact that they're waking up now, uh, winning you know what eight of the last ten. Uh, is a pretty pretty bad sign for the rest of uh, the Eastern Conference, especially the Atlantic Division, where they got a couple games in hand on the Leafs and the Bruins, and and they're only a few points out. So uh, it's I'm expecting a strong second half from the rest of that roster, and hopefully, uh, you know, for them, disappointment uh, from round one last year, and and make a run in the East this year.
0: Vajlewski is ten and two and one since de- December first. Those ten wins are the most. In the NHL over that stretch we really can't understate just how important his turnaround has been for them um, is there anything particular that you've noticed that's changed with him that he was struggling with early on this season um, that he's adjusted like is there anything obvious that we're missing that like why it's suddenly clicking for him
1: I think it's a thing when, when a team it, it goes for for skaters as well as when a team is struggling as the lightning did at the beginning of the year, you, you almost feel like players sometimes try and do too much, right? Whether they're skaters or even goaltenders, like if you best left team, maybe you're, you're trying to win every game, one, nothing, two to one where you don't have to, uh, you can, can allow your your, your team to, to score some goals. And it's okay. If you let up a goal or two or three, cause you know, in that lightning team, they can get your three, four every single night. So maybe it's doing a, a little bit too much and, I wonder how much the burden of that contract was weighing on him too, right? I mean, he's got this, this big money deal and you're, you're expecting you're expecting another best-in-trophy-worthy season out of him and 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 maybe it just took him time to uh you know get over that and and come to terms with that and also that the team as a whole, right? I I really think that this and you heard all the talk before the season out of Lightning, you know maybe they kind of coasted down in the second half. Um, and maybe that came into this season. Yeah, as motivated as they were to put last season behind them, that was a pretty stunning way they went out in, in the, in the playoffs last year. Yeah, but you know with the amount of, the amount of veterans in that, in that roster, you know that, that wasn't going to linger too much. And with a guy like Vasilevsky who's been coming to the zone for the last couple of years, it, to me it was just a matter, he, a matter of time before he was going to bounce back and, and get back to being a Vesna-worthy a goalie, as we've seen, like you said, since over the, over the last month or so.
0: And you definitely had Alex
1: Killorn uh, scoring 16 goals this year, right? <laughs> of course, he's a good Harvard boy. He's he's smart. He's like he's like the Ryan Fitzpatrick of of the NHL, right? Every time he plays, you got to bring up some um, he went to Harvard. But he's a guy who just you know, he, he, as with that whole roster, they they come, they you drop him in anywhere, and then they'll score. He'll score you ten, fifteen. Goals, which is what he's done throughout his season, his career since he's been in Tampa. You know, he's probably going to get over 20 for the first time in his career this year. And you, you put him in that, you put any guys in that roster, you put them on any line, you can mix them up, put them in the blender, and, and you're going to get production of because they're that talented, they're that well coached, and they're that dangerous every time they have the puck. So, you know, John Cooper's been at this for a long time in Tampa and for as many, you know, for as. Bad as last season ended, if you just look at his the, his years there, you talk to the players. Like I said before, there's really good rapport with with him and the players. You can, he just comes off as a, like a player's coach, a guy who really gets along with his players. There's a good vibe there, um, and a lot of these guys, as we know, he, he coached down in the AHL before he he took the big job in the NHL. So there's there's a, a relationship there that goes beyond the NHL years, which I think has is, is really helped uh, the growth of this Lightning like, team over the last five six years.
0: So just to be clear, Alex Killorn went to Harvard.
1: That's what I understand. Yeah, I don't know if he went without with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick um, of the Dolphins. Mm. Maybe Fitzpatrick's a little bit older, uh, but yeah, he he definitely went there. And it's just like Boston just like whenever
0: he went to Harvard too, right? Wasn't there a local boy in Boston for the Bruins? I think one of the
1: I think one of the Drewries went to uh, I think all of the Drewries went to to Harvard. I believe yeah. that's that's kind of what they do up there in I think Boston. They
0: should uh, mention this
1: more. Yeah, absolutely. People you got to bring it up every time. It's just like you can't mention uh, Bobby Ryan whenever he plays the the Flyers without mentioning he's from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, or uh, Matt Nieto is from Long Beach. That's the, the, those guys are, are pretty much identified by where they were, were from every single time they're on TV. Um,
0: the Canucks, out west, they've also won seven straight. Um, who do you think's been more impressive of late? Is it been the Canucks and their stride, or the Lightning?
1: Um, I think the Canucks, only just for the reason that, who expected this, right? You, you expected the Lightning, no matter their struggles, to bounce back. The Canucks, you expected some growing pains. Uh, you, you knew they were going to be better, right? Year two of Elias Patterson, uh, Brock Bester's older, Bra- 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 they're bringing you know, Quinn Hughes, obviously. Uh, they're in JT Miller, which has been a, a great pickup. Um, the question from them was, was the goal tag? W- w- was Thatcher Demko ready? Is Jacob Markstrom the guy to kind of handle the number one reins while you're, you ease Demko in for that, that long-term, that long-picture uh, number one job? And so far, um, you know, so far it's worked. They, they've been great there they're a team where if you flip them through center ice you, you kind of want to pause in them not only for the fact that they might be wearing those really awesome flying skate jerseys from the 90s but for the fact that they're an exciting team you know they're, they're going to score goals um they have some great young players petterson is a, a guy who if he's like i said if he's on tv Elias last if he's out there for a shift you gotta you gotta stop and watch because because you never know what's going to happen with him um he's really exciting to to, to watch there. And, their young players are <clears throat> their young players are, are really producing um you know there's they got some veterans there obviously that they brought in with Jim Benning kind of bringing that mix with a veteran and youth movement uh but the young guys are been really kind of leading the way um and that's why that's why they're there they're right they're in a wild card spot and in a in a Pacific division that that's pretty tight i mean they're only a couple points behind behind Vegas with some games in hand so um, it's, it's been impressive to see, uh, Travis drink, Travis green. I know there was some talk after last season, whether they should make a change, especially with the Jim Benning's situ- you know, future being so unknown, but I, I, I think it was the right move to give, uh, green a, a little bit of a longer leash. Um, you know, some of these guys he's coached in, in Utica and the AHL and, and it's kind of showing and he, he was, he highly revered before he was hired at the NHL level. And it's kind of showing with what he's done with the young players there in Vancouver, it's paying off and, uh, they're, they're a real, they're a real fun team to watch.
0: Do they have any chance of making serious noise in the playoffs that they got in?
1: Um, yeah, why not? Right. It's, it's, you get to the playoffs. You never know what's going to happen. It, 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 if Demko emerges as a guy, or if Markstrom holds on to more number one job, they get hot at the end of the season for sure. Because I mean, look, you throw out young players: Pedersen, Besser, Horvat, you know, Quentin Hughes on the back end. You know, those are young guys who haven't experienced the playoffs. And sometimes it's, it's maybe it's you know for those young guys it's better not to know the uh, the tenseness that comes with with playing in a, in a best of seven series. Sometimes you just got to go out there and, and play and use your instincts. And as those guys do on a, on a regular night. So uh, couldn't they win a round? Eh, you look at the teams they may be facing, if they, if they get a wild card or if maybe they stay in the Pacific, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, they can certainly put a, put a scare team for sure.
0: All right, we got to talk about the Preds. Had a disappointing year. What happened with them? Yeah, they, uh, they fired their coach, who I don't oh, think is going to okay. be very unemployed long. And they also hired a new coach. Because they were just like, no, we, we got this, we we figured this out pretty quickly. Um, what did you make of the Preds' decision to fire uh, Big Pete over the weekend?
2: Yeah, this was a big
1: uh, topic at the Winter Classic last week in Dallas. Just especially after the game where they blew that lead. Where, <clears throat> excuse me, just you know how long would Poyle go? Would he you know, ride it? The rest of the regular season and see what happens, uh, or would he do something that he's never done before and fire a coach mid-season? I mean, this is the this is, on his third coach as Purdy's GM. So, oh, I've got know, changing some, coaches. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Do, do. So I've got something on this. So from the hockey news, uh, just for people who don't know, Dave Poyle, like he doesn't, like he sticks to a guy. Like if you ever want to work for a GM, this is the GM you want to work for because he's like the Cincinnati Bengals of. <laughs> at the NHL where it's like you get employed by him you're coaching for a long time you might get a decade um he's been in Nashville since 98 99 when they were first introduced into the league um he's had two head coaches over that span um across 37 NHL seasons though he's had five coaches so his bench boss average is 7.4 years per team
1: you're getting 7 yeah, years and, on average and look they've had success there at least you know with the, with the Nashville you look at the success Trotz had there for a long time with, with you know the, the lack of resources they had, and then you look at La Villette coming in and getting him to a Stanley Cup final, and, and having them be a contender out, out in the West. And uh, to me, I, this this is a prime opportunity for John Hines. Um, he he's got a um, should be a contender. You look at the money that David Poile spent over the summer to bolster also roster, bring in a guy like like Duchene, and he's he's coming to a team that you look at their underlying numbers, their possession stats are really strong. Their expected goals is, is pretty good. The thing that's been killing them um, is been goaltending. Uh, Juicy Saros and Pecorine have been poor and the special teams have been middling. And those are two areas where if that can be fixed with a new system a new voice, you know, some new combinations, um, obviously better output from the goaltending and that, that's can be huge. That could, that they could be, you know, everyone, everyone's kind of a, Saying this, they could be like the Blues. You know, they they could turn things around and, and make a run because this is the team that before the season was expected to be a contender. Um, they underperformed, um, and bringing a new voice, making the change now at, in, in a run where they lost, I think it's three or four or four or five, and kind of a stretch that's been going back for a month and a half. That's been that's been pretty poor. Could benefit them pretty well, and the fact that they're only five points out of a playoff spot, I think is is is. is is a whole, it's, it's not so deep that they can't dig themselves out of. If you look at that, you look at that team. So, um, you know, John Hines, I think is stepping into a, a pretty good spot here. It's just that now it's all on him to, to get things turned around there.
0: Where does, where does, um, La land? Where does he go? Cause it doesn't seem like he's going to be looking for work long. He got the fly, like decade ago, he turned the flyers around. He's turned the hurricanes around. Um, he turned the predators around. Where does he go? Who is his next project? Is it the Red Wings?
1: How about Seattle? Oh, right, you got some time, okay. got a couple of years there. You know, he, he's coached for a long time. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure exactly when his contract goes to, but he's still getting paid right till the end of his deal. Um, and Seattle, I'm sure, would like a, someone with experience behind the bench for that team. And. You look at what Vegas did bring in on. He had some experience, obviously. Laviolette's got a, a bigger res- resume that, um, than Galan. He's got the Stealing Cup on, on on there. He's been to the couple, the final couple times, and has been around in the league and improved teams. You look at the Islanders. You look at the Hurricanes. You look at the Flyers. You look at the Predators. Everywhere he's gone, you know, those first couple of years there, he's really boosted things up on, and and fixed things. So uh it wouldn't be shocking to me if he's high on the list of candidates for Ron Francis whenever they make a decision, potentially sometime this year. Interesting. They need to figure out a name first. Yeah, I mean, that's, we you know, that's coming. Uh, I think it's coming sometime in the next couple months. And then uh, what are you pulling for? What do you want? What do you want it to be? <clears throat> cracking <laughs> mm. totems would be cool i'm i'm, I'm not really a, I, I don't the name doesn't matter to me i i, I want to see the color scheme i hope they have uh, some unique interesting colors be you look at their website green. that's all i care so you look at the, you look at their website colors and that, that's a, a pretty cool combination they have there so hopefully they have something creative other than you know rather than another team with a black jersey
0: yeah none of that no red white and Which blue pretty boring No more red, white, and blue. I think we're yeah. We don't need that. Um. Speaking of the Columbus Blue Jackets, time to step up. It's only been 20 years now of you just the most forgettable uniforms of all time. I need you to do something else. We need to get rid of all this.
1: Scrap. it. I mean, more important. More importantly, they they need to bring back Boomer. I mean, Stinger's Mm. cool, but Boomer, (laughs) the mascot, he's uh, you know, hit short-lived tenure. Uh, I think he deserves a comeback, or at least you know, one of those uh. You know, you have the the Blackhawks have that that one last skate for ex players. Uh, that could find maybe Columbus could do something like that a, a one night only honoring of a, a boomer for all he did for the organization.
0: There you go. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see. But I hadn't even considered Seattle. Um, do you think they? I mean, do you think Detroit moves on from their coach? Do you think Maurice is in jeopardy in Winnipeg? Do you think? Like with him being available, that I mean, what if they just did a flip and uh, he went to New Jersey? Like that would be interesting too. <laughs> um. <laughs> I,
1: I think. I mean, I think Ray is going to wait. You know, they're not making the playoffs, right? So let Nasruddin, you know, run out the rest of the season and make a decision in the summertime. And, and same with Detroit. I mean, Blasso, you know, Steve Eisenman, you know, they they got him the extension and they seem to like what he's done with some of the young players who've kind of developed there, but obviously there's so many more issues, you know, on that roster. So I don't know if you're Laviolette, do you want to go to Detroit? Do you want to go to a New Jersey? Um, you're almost better. I think that the, right now that the better opportunity, I know Jack Hughes is in New Jersey, um, I think almost a better opportunity right now would probably be, um, Seattle, just because you know they're going to have the resources and, and they're going to want to kind of copy the the Vegas route and, and, and be successful early on. Obviously, I don't think they're going to be as successful as Vegas, just because uh, of the. I'm sure they're not going to be the, on the beneficial end of, of some of those trades that were made during the uh, the expansion draft, like from NHL teams made. But I think Seattle certainly is going to want to impress those first couple of years, and, and that'd be a good spot for him. But you know, take some time off evaluate your options and, and, you know, see what's out there. But I don't see the, I think Detroit seems to like Lasso and, and New Jersey may, I think I'm sure they probably want to look for uh, an experienced guy in, in the summertime. I'm sure they may talk to a lot of that, but I don't know. I don't know how appealing that job is at the moment.
0: Are the golden Knights contenders? Are you back yeah. in on Vegas?
1: Oh, I've always been on Vegas. I think they might've been my, my cup pick out 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 of the West before the season. I I I really like that team. I love how they've been able to build off of that first year and and maintain the success, right? It wasn't just a, a one year fluke thing. You know, they they this they, they, they this obviously wasn't the plan, um, uh, but they, they took advantage of of the success in year one, built off of it and, and strengthened the, the roster, you know, with Patrick Reddy, Mark Stone, um, Paul Stastny. And they're just a, a, a great team, um, good goaltending, and a, a great market. They haven't been out there for the Stanley Cup final. That market loves hockey. The building is great; it's a great place to watch a game. Uh, and they love that team. And and one of the underrated pick, underrated pickups at the moment right now has been Chandler Stevenson, who they got from the Caps a, a little while ago, about a month ago or so. He, he's come right in and, and, and contributed. So they, they're, they're picking guys up and, and they're putting them in their, own, their lineup and, and they're scoring. And it, it just goes to show you just how good of a coach Gerard Gallant is. You know how the, how well the players respond and, and the fact that they took that year one mentality of you know being the, the cast-offs from their teams and they helped form the form the bond that has now lasted through through two full seasons and into a third and the fact that they're not just uh, a good team right they're 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 a cup contending team in year three of existence and that's pretty remarkable
0: i don't know if people realize just how good they've been since um november so they it's really just the maple leafs who have been better in points um vegas uh their 28 points are league best total since the final days of november um it's now january (laughs) <laughs> it just feels like they're flying into the radar in terms of how people are looking at the league and who's contenders and who aren't. Um, I think it's, it's pretty pretty interesting that uh, they're right there and the Blues have stumbled as of late. Um, I don't know. I feel like we, are, we have a better handle on the, on the eastern side of things and the western side of things. I think there's a lot more uncertainty on the west. Do you, do you agree with that?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, outside of the outside of the, the, uh, the central... You figure yeah. St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas; those are those are playoff teams. Even Winnipeg as well. The Pacific, it's it's Vegas, and everyone's obviously a little curious about Arizona, Edmonton. Are they are they going to stay in, in the second half? You know, can Calgary make a push? Can Winnipeg make uh, Winnipeg in a central? I mean, but can uh, uh, can San Jose rebound um, like we hope? <laughs> we hope they expect they would uh, this whole season, but obviously the goaltending has been still killing them and essentials just uh, a, a, a think, dog fight
0: I mean San Jose have been basically the best NHL team of the last 20 years They've basically yeah, they've been, been the most been consistent, consistent best team that never won anything like it's them missing the playoffs and finally falling apart is kind of sad because they've just been the model of stability for years and years and years
1: basically all the 21st yeah. century Yeah I mean Doug Wilson has been in charge there for how long you know for for a really long time, and, and built I think 10 since Clerks came and... out, <laughs> it's a pretty long time, yeah. Um, but it, they've been consistent, and, and guys go there and they stay. I mean, Joe Thornton stayed, Patrick Marlowe stayed until cap reasons forced them out of there. You know, Bent Burns has been there since he came over from Minnesota. I mean, guys go there, they love it out there, it's a great place to live, and obviously, the team. You're content. You're, you're on that team, and you're contending for the cup every single year. So, um, the the fact that you know the goaltending to me this year it's been obviously the goaltending which it was last year, but also the the play, the defense in front of the goaltending hasn't been great. You know, Carlson has not looked like Eric Carlson from three years ago. Brent Burns is is a little bit trending downward. Obviously, he's getting older, but he's he's not what he was. Um, so the, it, it's tough out there. Um, and the fact that they dug themselves such a hole, you know, eight points out of a, of a wild card spot now, um, in about, about 10 or so out of the uh, playoff spot in the Pacific division, that that's a long road to hoe, especially look at the teams ahead of them. Nashville, you friggin Nashville is going to improve the uh, Minnesota has been playing well for the last month or so Calgary, you know, they've been a little better under, um, under Jeff Ward you figure they're, they're going to be better too, building off the of last season. Winnipeg, everyone's expecting them to, to bounce back. The last teams that we expect to be better than they are, you know, who are underperforming right now. And obviously, like you told us before Vancouver as well, you know, can they, can they keep it up? Can they, can they hold on to a playoff spot, whether it's wild card or, or in the division for the, for the second half. So there's a lot of teams that got to climb up. And the thing is, you know, the, the sharks can go on a hot streak and, and win 10 in a row, but what matters is the points that are being dropped by the teams ahead of you. And that's why you don't want to dig such a deep hole <laughs> as we head into January and then close to, to uh, you know, February and, and, and the playoff push in, in March. So the, the, the Sharks need a lot a lot of luck on their side right now. And, and I'm curious to see just if they do fall short, just what kind of changes happen in the summertime? Because I guess, you know, this is a team before the season that, that should, should no doubt be in the playoffs every single year.
0: Last thing, and then we'll go. Um, we have to talk about the Connor McDavid goal. Is that the best goal you've ever seen?
1: It's not the best goal I've ever seen, um, but I definitely have probably watched the GIF of it on you know more than thirty times in the last. When did that happen? Like sixteen hours ago, or, or whatever it is. It, it, it's the fact that he kind of moseys into the the offensive zone, and Morgan Riley is like. You can just you can just see Morgan Riley's like, oh crap, <laughs> what's gonna happen here? And the the way he he goes from backhand to forehand was great. Obviously, <clears throat> the speed he did that, but then the speed that he does it—he goes from backhand to forehand on on the shot—is ridiculous. And it, it's just so Connor McDavid, um, and and then he has the little, little finger wag to the crowd after the goal. It's amazing, and it kind of. It almost makes you frustrated, you know, for the fact that you know he has great as he is as great as Leon dry is. Just you wish they had a better cast around him in in Edmonton, uh, it, so they could be, you know, a Stanley Cup playoff team every year, a Cup contending team every year. So we get to see him in the playoffs every spring, because uh, um, he's just it's it's amazing, and I'm I'm so curious to see over the next three four years if if the Oilers remain where they are. and, as a borderline playoff team, a team out of playoffs, just will we we'll see the day where that quiet trade request comes in from, from McDavid's camp and and no and wonder where he ends up going?
0: Yeah, I, um, I don't think we're close to that, especially now that they're probably going to make the playoffs. But the, at the very least, Connor McDavid's going to be in the playoffs, which is good news for Gary Bettman. Like that's just priority one. Get your best player in the playoffs. That's always good for the NHL.
1: Yeah, it gives more people and look, uh, not to suit my own but we're good for NBC, right? You want those stars, especially yeah. on, on the on the for the late games. You get the nine thirty, ten o'clock, ten thirty playoff games, so people stay around Tune around and and watch and, and stay up to watch a guy like Connor McDavid who is the, the the worth the price of admission and worth tuning into every time he's on a ship. There should be like a a, a phone app that, that gives you notification every time he has a shift out, so you could kind of switch over to, to watch him, much like a, like a guy like Elias Pettersson as well. So because uh because every time McDavid's on the ice, it's just you kind of focus on him because you realize there's a really really good chance that something special is going to happen, and we got to see that last night.
0: Yeah, um, I'm excited for it. So still at the halfway point, a lot of time, um, left before the playoffs start and everything, but, um, it's exciting times and probably more trades, more firings, more crazy stuff, um, more Ovechkin just taking his vine and skipping the, uh, <laughs> skipping the All-Star game. All kinds <laughs> of, uh, very NHL stuff will be going on. So, um, is there anything we need to check out from you this week, Sean?
1: Uh, no, we got, we got all coverage of, uh, the Predators and the coaching change. we got something coming up today about today's the one year anniversary of Jordan Binnington's, uh, debut in Philadelphia. And obviously the birth of, uh, uh of that Stanley Cup run and, and what eventually became the, the hit song of the spring of 2019 with Gloria, uh, coming back. So we'll have all that this week on pro hockey talk. All
0: right, go check it out, Sean, keep up the great work and we will talk soon.
1: Thanks, Chase. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. We're back on the Chase Stones Podcast. I talked to my dad last night. The audio is gone. He went for 45 minutes strong and uh, just it's gone. It's lost to the internet forever. these things have they, they do but mm-hmm. i appreciate uh you making the time again today to get on so just so we could still get it in there i know you, you were um you were antsy about getting on it when we were re-recording so i was like well let's just go ahead and knock it out today
2: All right. well let's get started
0: um Land united we we just there's a lot to cover here. So with Atlanta United, um, they are getting ready to start training camp this uh, this weekend. Uh, we're still a couple months out from the season getting underway. But you're very locked in, along with mom and my brother, on um, what's going on with at Atlanta United. Uh, what do you think is their biggest off-season need going into 2020?
2: No, I just think that they lost some really high powered guys. I think losing Magby was a major, uh, loss. And so I think that's going to be hard to fill. He was very durable, um, smart, uh, no maintenance, you know? So he did all the things right that you're looking for. So I think that's a, that's a big one. Um, and I like, uh, kind of goes under the radar a little bit, but, uh, uh, um what's his name uh the retirement of Parkhurst is mm. the leader on the field I mean he was just he's those guys that you really need and everybody wants and they're just hard to come by so um you know that's 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 gonna be a hard that's gonna be a void so I think just things along those lines where you where you lose thing uh people who really uh are unique to the organization unique to the team um, that are just uh, calm heads out there uh, so I think those are those are probably the two biggest uh, issues that kind of happened in the off season and uh, will be different this year because I don't know who's going to step into that role or those roles
0: What position are you most concerned about uh being? thin on the depth chart is it center back midfielder yeah midfield fullback?
2: midfield is just not midfield it just uh you know losing almoron was a uh unbelievable player he was a once in a lifetime kind of player so you end up that was really troublesome and um you know it, it i just don't think we're there i i'm quite frankly i don't even know who's playing that role because martinez is uh, Penny is he's okay and I mean he shows You're force not a Penny guy this. or a Barco guy Yeah but Barco's the same way I mean I don't. neither one of them jump off the page at me they're both kind of one of those guys that you look at and you go they have the uh, you know they'll have those moments those flashes and then they'll turn around and you know, screw something up so they I struggle with those guys both of them um, they're just I don't know Uh, so I think midfield and losing Nagby, you know, he could, he could clean up some of their messes as, uh, um, you know, as play went around, you know, they might be out of position or something or pushed up. And so he can play really strong midfield. Um, I think Lorenowitz will be part of that solution moving forward, but he's getting old too. So. I like him. I think you need an enforcer out there, somebody to knock people around, and uh, I think he's that guy. Um, So I like that. Um, uh, Gressel is just, you know, he's he's solid. But uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, That was uh, um, on Miram. Miram leaving the midfield. I did. I liked him a lot. A really great player good pickup last year played strong um and quite frankly i think that's why he's gone it's because he got uh a lot of visibility and he was able to demonstrate you know his skills and abilities and so i think that's why he's gone he was given a a big stage to to do what he did and so that's uh that's on him so good for him it seemed like a really decent joe so um I feel like that that's we didn't lose anything there to the extent that it was uh, um, uh, a bad thing. I think it was just unfortunate, just timing. so you know that's the biggest those are the biggest issues right now, I think, uh, in terms of where we go and who's next and that type of thing.
0: So you're not at all concerned about LGP being gone too.
2: I, did, I don't know that he is gone. I think that that's my understanding is that they're still in, you know, negotiations or whatever you want to call it. And I think that, you know, who knows? I mean, good for him. You know, it's, uh, he's a quality guy and um, really like having him on the field. So, but he's, he's done what he was supposed to do and did a great job. And so you know you're you always you want you know you're excited about these guys that have done it the right way, so um good for him you know if he goes it w- it won't be good for Atlanta, but it'll be good for him, so you know you want you wanna see these guys succeed cause, uh they played really great here, so you know, good for him hmm.
0: i um the depth is just they have a lot of moves they still need to make it just feels like and I don't know um what you think about uh, just looking at um, if the midfield, like you said, you're concerned, it doesn't seem like they can add a lot. Like they've already used a lot of designated player um, deals on guys. So they've, they've spent a lot of their money already and it just seems like a lot of that's going to be filled and it's going to be really hard to fill out the rest of that roster. Um, I think a lot of it's just going to come down to Barco and Pity Martinez just getting better. And um, making that leap. If they get better and get more comfortable, and then things will be okay. Year two for Pity, year three for Barco. Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of 2020 for them comes down to their progression and their development and DeBor system. Do you think at all they would have maybe developed even more if um uh the the last coach did not leave and they did not have Frank DeBoer and have to go through another formation change and all that kind of stuff? Do you think? if Tata was still there, that things would be a little bit different?
2: Well, I think Tata would like to play, you know, a different style, but if you've got, you know, it's kind of like a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning or a player that just can dynamically change, uh, dy- it's so dynamic that they can change the, the other team. The other team has to react to them. I mean, it's,
0: and so, on, You're all talking about was, with Almirón,
2: absolutely. He was just—he was, as you know, your uncle says, liquid fast. I mean, he just—he could slide through, and I mean, and once he was through, you know, he was faster than everybody else dribbling the ball. So he's just—he was just an unbelievable weapon. And then you've got to make a determination from a defensive perspective: Do you go after him? or do you stay with the, uh, uh, Joseph up front? And it, it was always a challenge, you know, what do you do? Because, you know, it, it, it was tough Then you're out of position. So if your center Cole comes up, um, uh, you know, then he's out of position. And so it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it, it was, it was just a very hard position to fill. And, um, those guys are just hard to come by. They're just rare guys that are just that much better than everyone else. So, um, are I you mean, afraid
0: to a believer in year two? Do you think use the think, answer?
2: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I, we started off really rocky last year. I mean, I, I don't know what we were doing and I think, I'm not sure all the players had bought into his philosophies either. Um, which is not, not a bad thing. It's just a, you know, part of a new coach and you're also following Tata who was just an amazing coach. So you had your own challenges just, you know, getting started. But that being said, I think, uh, overall, yeah, everybody's gotten on board and is, uh, is, is playing his style of play. And, uh, I thought he had some really good lineups last year. So I think he did a good job. Um, uh, what was the guy's name he got hurt I, I wasn't a fan of him at all he played him a lot and i was you know you hate to say it but i was glad he got hurt because he was terrible he was always out of position i never could figure out what they were doing um he was a, a swedish guy or a nordic guy somewhere over there and just I uh, i never could figure him out i forget what his name is on oh, blank but he got hurt uh, probably about mid-season stride maybe two-thirds in the game, into the season, but that was a benefit Land because it forced him to quit putting that guy in. And it was... Uh, like they, I think they traded him. Up. Yeah, Shea. Uh, I couldn't stand the guy. He, <laughs> he was just terrible. And so... I, I, But for some reason, he endeared himself to DeBoer and DeBoer would put him in. And it was like, you got to get that guy off the field. And, um, so that was, you know, him getting hurt, forced that. And then you, I think, uh, Mira maybe picked up this position. I can't remember, but I'm like, oh gosh, yeah. 10 out of 10 times. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we had that other guy, uh, the young gun, I think he was like 18, 19, 20, somewhere in there, uh, up front that was supposed to be a Ford and he was not any good either. He would, he could make a goal to save his life terrible big kid he's a young kid real young but it's just not good and so you know I think assessing talent is I'm not sure where he is on that because <laughs> quite frankly I think uh, Miram just really was kind of a an afterthought and he did fantastic and then you have players like Nagby and stuff that are playing just phenomenal and then of course your back line is solid so when you had uh Robinson, uh LGP, um uh who's on there? Uh what's his name? Um uh, I think I was here in a second. Uh, oh uh Escobar. Um and then you would have maybe you might have Lorena west playing in front or Lorelinowitz on the back line as well. But I mean there's you know, they all did great. They were that's that's solid and uh, so i like those guys all a lot I, I think i think moving you know the midfield trying to align get those guys in place is going to be a big deal uh, which i always think that's the case that you've got to have your midfield midfield determines you know the play um how much offense you can have and how much defense so um we'll see uh they had a good season last year. Uh, came up short. It's really unfortunate because you had uh, uh, Joseph miss a a PK, which was, I think he missed two last year. So, uh, unfortunate. But, you know, he was close. He had a good season. But it's going to be a real test now with as many players moving around and going elsewhere.
0: Are you at all concerned about Joseph burning out at all? Or is he just lost? Well, I mean he's only a couple goals
2: short of winning the golden boot again last year, so I mean he's uh he's a machine up there in the box. And quite frankly, I'm surprised nobody's picked him up. Maybe he'll be too expensive, but um he is a he is a machine up front. And that's what you really want. You want that ball hawk. Somebody's not gonna play with it, it's just gonna rip it. Just cut it loose and you know. Always, always moving toward the ball. I mean, he'll make those runs and just, you know, come back play defense if he has to. But uh, he'll come back to the midfield strike and uh, and go go again. I mean, he's just he's, you know, for the most part, he's been really durable. So I like him. He's got a great attitude. And he's a great guy that you want on. So yeah, I mean, over time perhaps, but he's still young. So. Um, and the thing is, is he so uh, uh, he and Gressel are so in tune with one another, um where the ball's got to be, how to play it, uh, his crosses are just deadly, I mean, just perfect, perfect. So you get a complimentary person on the other side, and I just the closest I would say would be Miram that we that we've had him
0: recent time. What was the best formation that DeBoer figured out last year?
2: I don't know. I don't know that, I mean, the the difference, I think that's one of the big differences. between Tata and DeBoer was Tata was always changing it up. I mean, you know, you can't, they played the prior week, you know, uh, let's just say a three-four-three or a 4 and the next week he's a you know a three five two. i mean he just he was always changing uh his defense and his lineup around you know each team so they could never really you know practice against a standing formation where you have you know a normal Lineup, so uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's hard to say which ones would be. I'd say that I think that he had in place. I, I guess I'm always looking at the midfield. Yeah, I mean, I guess you would probably say a four-four-two. Although I don't know that you ever had two strong strikers. Just uh, I don't know that we ever got there. We had one, but uh, I don't know that we ever got two. Because he kept playing the kid. I can't remember what his name was. Um, so you don't
0: like a lot of his rotations. You like That was what Tata understood better than DeBoer, was who he had in his rotations and who he had in certain spots.
2: Yeah, that's another thing, too, is, I mean, uh, the other thing, too, Tata was, was an iron hand. So you didn't do off-field stupid stuff. Because I remember he sat down uh, Barco, you know. Um, and everybody knew who the who the boss was so I think that's one of those things um, and just the style of play I'd like to have you know somebody up front um, I like Hyman uh, I think he's a uh, that was a good pickup he's coming along I mean I, I, I would play him more I mean, he's uh, he's he's pretty good I mean I think that he's got good speed um, he's kind of elusive you know that and so uh, I think that uh, um, he's a guy that I would probably be looking at to maybe fill some voids um, that you know or, you know give some rotation to certainly much more than than you did last year,
0: yeah um would you trade vilaba Villaba? Villaba? the alba the Alba.
2: Yeah, I, I like Vial. Vial was a good rotation player. You know, Mom loves him because of his hair, but right, he's a he's a good rotation player. I mean, um, uh, yeah, I I think I would hang on to him just because I don't think he costs a lot, but I do think that he brings you know an energy. I mean, he's 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 again another ball hawk. Uh, so I mean, I I kind of like that. That's 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 what you need. And uh, so, I mean, I, I think I would hang on to him. I like him. Um, on the back end, I mean, Robinson getting hurt, hurt us at the end of the season. Um, And he's, he's just, he's a, a great young talent. I mean, just solid back there. He's big. He rarely makes mistakes. You know, he's a good learner, fast learner. Um, I mean, he's he's only going to get better. So, you know, that's that's another piece of all of this is, you know, do you have some guys that are going to be around for a while? Because I think Lorena Woods is, is, you know, getting long in the tooth. Um, Can he make it, you know, the whole season? It's just such a long season. So. But I like him. I, I definitely think he's the enforcer. I think he's the guy that, you know, has got to be the knock him down. And, you know, if they're going to play dirty or pull or grab jerseys or whatever, he's the, you know, opposite of the, the mirror of that on the Atlanta
1: team.
0: Yeah.
2: And I think he's comfortable doing that too.
0: Did you see uh, Mississippi State zoning in on Todd Grantham as their next head coach? Who? Todd Grantham your favorite for for who Mississippi State
2: oh yeah that's a good choice you're just guaranteed losing seasons (laughs) can you show me anywhere where the guy's been worth a flip he's been terrible terrible and terrible so I don't know where he's gone where he has been terrible so he's like (laughs) he's like the guy you just love to be he's a big smack talker and then he gets his brains beat in I remember when Georgia played Louisville and he was telling everybody, "Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, you're in for a surprise. We're gonna put you down, blah, 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 blah." You end up losing like forty-something to nothing. It's like you got your brains beat in. Shut up. Win a game and then get back to me. Man, I don't like that guy. I think he cost Georgia a national championship. I just, you, know, you go to Mississippi State. I mean, you're you're swirling the bottom of the barrel. Uh just. They're better
0: options. They, it's not like I wouldn't have hired their coach anyway, but there are better options. There's bill Clark at UAB. There's uh Todd, either the Monken brothers, the army coach or his brother who was coach at Southern Miss and was recently the OC in Cleveland. But there are just a lot of better options. I just, I don't, I don't understand why you would go grant them out of all the, the options, but this would be, if I was a Georgia fan, I'd be nervous because that means Florida is going to hire a new DC. And, uh, that's not good news.
2: Yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't see how you're going to. You know that guy. I'm with you. I mean, if you're going to go start swirling around the bottom of the bucket, I'm telling you, I would go up for Baylor's old coach. I would.
0: No, 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 no. We're we're not going down that road again. You're just you're all about the second chances. No, he's he's gone forever.
2: Uh, I would go after him. I, the guy's got a keen no. mind, and I don't know how much of it's his versus his son, but. I mean, if you're going to go and try to score some points and be able to get recruits, um, I, I, I mean, if you're going to be picking up the bottom barrel, hey, look, if you're going to go down, you might as well go down winning. I mean, this, uh, you can assure oh, yourself that, you can assure yourself that Grantham, if he's your choice, you're guaranteed losers. Guaranteed. Take it to the bank. I mean, you'll be the bottom dwellers. And uh, and it's already tough now. I mean, you look at Florida State picked up a great coach. That Memphis State, a great great pickup for them. So tip your hat to Florida State because they suck for a while.
0: Um, yeah, I like Norvell. He's gonna, I, I, think I he's do in too. I think, I think that's a to great coach. Turn that um, and I, they have a quarterback. They haven't had a quarterback in years now.
2: Yeah, but and he'll the way the Francois
0: one. stuff happened, getting Chuba Purdy was a big big get for them.
2: So that that'll be a big deal, and then. You know, say what you want about Kiffin, he's still a a great, athletic, you know, offensive mind. So in the state of Mississippi, coming down to Grantham or Kiffin, you're really going to go to Grantham. No, so you already got a small universe to pull from from the state, and then you're going to be fighting in the SEC against Texas A&M, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Auburn. I mean, it does Tennessee. It doesn't get any prettier. And then you can look, look just across the state line, you've got Clemson. So, you know, it's, it's brutal. And now with Florida State, I mean, so who are you going to get? So you've already got a really, really tough um, market, and you're going to go to Grantham. I'm like, I don't know what you're thinking. So you can have him. You deserve what you get if you get that guy. So, not a fan.
0: Not if a fan. Georgia doesn't keep Coley as OC? Because it still seems very much up in the air at this point. I hired Mac Luke um, would, to be would, the new line coach because Pittman left for Arkansas. Who is there anyone you'd really want to replace him, or do you want to go with another year of Coley?
2: No, not another year with that guy. He's too vanilla. He's He seems like a nice guy. and just, But, I mean, you look at it, I, I, I'll give you an example. So, you look at Tennessee's uh, I mean, and granted, Tennessee got George's old offensive coordinator, which I didn't think is the world's best, but he was at least more creative than this guy. Um, I mean, this guy we got is is great wide football. I mean, this it, it, is literally uh, – he's got to open up the offense. I mean, we're not creative at all. Go with an empty set in the back. Make him do something different. He, you know, hold the ball down and run. I mean, Brom can run, but he leave been back there throwing to these – you know no hand receivers and it's like what are you doing and you know there's nothing creative so he's got uh he's got to do some other things he's got to get uh his act together so um, if
0: you if you got a text from me that by Petrino was the next oc at georgia what would you say no chance but no, what about that would you not want it just as oc no not-
2: Nah, he stinks. I, I don't think I, – I didn't see anything. <clears throat> he lucked out at, at Louisville with the uh, quarterback, uh, Bridgewater. Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Let's say? Bridgewater. And that's Teddy he Bridgewater.
0: Was, he actually had them both.
2: Yeah, that's what I thought. So he's got an eye for talent, you know, because um, arguably both will go into the pros. Uh, I mean, be starting for teams next season. But um, – uh, I don't know. I just, it, it's a hard call. I mean, you know, if you did, I don't know. He knows a lot. He's creative. So, I mean, you know, he can, you just got to worry about the off-field issues. I mean, and that's sad. It's one thing if you're an 18-year-old and it's something totally different if you're, you know, 56-year-old or however old he is, misbehaving off-field and setting a bad example for the kids. So, um, that's, I'm not—not not a not a big fan of his. But I'm certain there's an offensive coordinator there somewhere that you can look at. And I don't know if you saw today that uh, what's his name from uh, Baylor is going to accept the Carolina Panthers job, which I think is really interesting.
0: Yeah, he want, I think he wanted to get back to the NFL. Um, and he got the basically he's making roughly the same amount Baylor was paying him. Baylor was sneakily paying him top ten college football money. Like he was actually getting paid an insane amount of money. To coach at Baylor, um, but he's back in the NFL, and I don't know. He got a six-year contract, so obviously they're in it for the long haul. Um, I thought McDaniel's is going to get that job, but now the Browns is the only open position. So
2: okay. uh, the Browns, I don't know why anybody would go there. I mean, that until there's a they lot get... of talent,
0: but I just wouldn't work for Jimmy Haslam. I, I don't have any that interest. that. Is the owner?
2: That. Yeah, yeah. They, they 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 showed something. There was a stat here of all the coaches they've had in like the last twelve years or something. 15 its it's stupid number of coaches that have come and gone but i don't think until they get their head together they just i don't know i don't know that they're i I don't know i think they're out
0: but i mean the biggest thing for them is baker and odell and nick chubb and the amount of talent they still have miles garrett denzel ward they have a bunch of talent if they could yeah. just figure out the ownership and their stability there, they would. it would be a very tantalizing job because I'm still very high on Baker and that group, and I just, I don't know. It's really just, do you want to work for the Haslams and a weird front office structure? And most coaches, good ones, are like, no, I'll pass.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's just, yeah. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, but I just, I don't know. It'll be, I say, I don't have, at this point, I don't know that that would be a job that I'd be seeking. I don't care if it's in the NFL because you're not going to be long lived. I mean, you're taking over something and you might or might not have the players or the pieces in place and then a year into it and they're like, you're out. It's like, well, yeah, okay. So if you're there to make a couple bucks, okay, go in there with the, that mindset. Um, but I don't know that you know, that's what I would be doing. So, you know, that's not my thing. I get it for some people, but that's just not my thing.
0: So, who wins the East next year, Georgia or Tennessee?
2: Uh, Tennessee's moving in the right direction. I'm not sure Georgia's got the the. They certainly don't have the backs. Um, uh, uh, right now, nobody I see. I I think uh, what's his name's okay. Zeus is all right, but he's not. He's not Herschel. He's, 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 not, he's uh, like
0: a robot at this point.
2: Uh, and i mean and he's not dominating like a henry or somebody like that you got to have somebody back there that's just you know
0: i think cook might be able to be that cook's pretty good i
2: like cook i like cook you know kind of a little scat back type thing you know where, um and he's getting better but you know it depends on if your offensive line uh uh hangs around so that's that's another thing i think three of those guys are going but i think there's like three more deep so it's not like they're they're, uh, you know, they're they're hurting, but it, it, it's something to think about. So I think they have got, but with their offensive line coach leaving, I think that was one of the draws to program, is that he was such a good coach that,
0: you know. Yeah, I'm interested to see how he does at Arkansas because he hired really well. He got good DC, good OC. He just pulled the special teams coach from Georgia today too. I don't know if you saw that.
2: No. Well, I mean, you had what's his name? I mean, Hot Rod got the award this year for uh, yeah. top kicker, and good for Hot Rod. I mean, you know, so that's, but George has already got a kicker. George's kicker has come from Texas, and he's kicking 60 yard field goals now in high school. So, George should be loaded up there. Uh should be fine. shouldn't be, you know, I should just be changing person. Um, although, well, thankfully, we'll get uh,
0: George Pickens. Um, in an Auburn uniform, at quarterback in two years after Bo Nix goes pro. So once he gets kicked off from Georgia this year,
2: go into yeah. the portal. Yeah, I, I I think that kid. I mean, he's a kid that scares you. He has plenty of talent. Just don't know if he's the guy. Just,
0: uh, he's the guy for Auburn. We do know that he he needs to go full Nick Marshall. And you're still very upset about how Auburn let everybody down against Minnesota.
2: Oh yeah, they they totally. Tank, so they stunk it up. Ought to be ashamed of themselves. They were terrible, you know, just terrible in the postseason. I mean, Mississippi State losing, I think, is if, if maybe a precursor or an omen to getting Grantham. Uh, but, uh, oh, Atlanta, um, excuse me, Auburn, there's no excuse. Although, I do think Knicks is only going to get it better. Knicks has showed a lot freshman quarterback, it's tough. I don't care who it is in the SEC, it's tough. And uh so good for him. You know, I think that's gonna be <clears throat> he's a good quarterback and, you know, and he's gonna get better. And they got a ton of talent too. So you know, I think Auburn will be fine. But Alabama's still Alabama. They're five deep and five stars. And so they're
0: low. C Tua might go three to the Lions that if he's there, the Lions by all accounts are probably going to take him. Who mm-hmm. Tua. To so where? Detroit.
2: To back up Stafford. I, I would go, I'd go after him Harvey. The guy can hit anything. The question's going to be, can he make it and be durable in the NFL? That's I would be terrified of drafting Tua. I mean, you just, you don't know, you don't know what you're going to get. That's the problem.
0: I mean, you know, if he's healthy, you're getting a franchise oh, quarterback. Like, he's going to oh, be absolutely. really, really good. But you don't know how long he's going to be in the league, how durable he's going to be. I I would be very nervous about drafting somebody like Tua. Yeah,
2: I, mean, I mean, who knows? Who knows? My
0: biggest fear is the Patriots are going to trade up, that teams are going to be scared of his medicals, and then the Patriots are going to trade up and draft Tua. Do you think so? I would not be surprised. Interesting. Well, I mean, think the Patriots are going to trade up for some quarterback. They were really in on Lamar Jackson and didn't get him, and the Ravens took him right before them. I. I would not, I would be very surprised if the Patriots do not trade up for some kind of quarterback in the first round this year. Maybe it's Jake Fromm. I don't I know. Maybe it's maybe He, it's yeah, he likes
2: Georgia. You know, he got Watson he and Michelle and other players that he's had through his program. So yeah, Isaiah he likes to win. win. So he's uh, yeah, he'll pick. And he's the thing is with the New England, they do a real good job of taking no names and turn them into unbelievables. And I mean he. Or people that go super low in the draft or overlooked or whatever, and um, because there was another player they got on their team that was undrafted, he man, he was a stud. I just in that game they just played, I, they were talking about the guy. I was like, wow, I mean, really, really good. So I mean, it's just you know, good for them. I I, I don't know where from would end up. I would hope that he wouldn't end up in a pit like Cleveland or. I don't think you know, he'd go to Cleveland. It, it would work out. Better one of these other loser, I would hope that he would go somewhere where he's given the chance you know, to, to play, but who knows? I mean, it's hard to say. The it's... best
0: place for him, I think, might be Philadelphia. I don't know I think if Philadelphia, I, I think if they've learned anything, it's that Carson Wentz is great when he's healthy, but he has definitely made a glass and they're just always going to need a really good backup behind him. And I think Fromm would actually make a lot of sense there.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where I don't know enough about him. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, because of the NFL season being so long and Carson went, I don't know, when the last season he made it through from soup to nuts. Um, it doesn't happen. You know, um, so it's just, yeah, it's hard. It's hard there for that. I mean, you're looking at this guy. You know, I don't know. I think it's uh it'll be interesting, I mean you know the new the next year it'll be here before you know it um, and some new players, some new faces, I definitely think you know the cowboys are in the same boat you know they're changing direction they had a ton of talent, and they sunk it up so um you know you don't know what to even make it programs like that you know how do you how do you fix it? I don't know. I don't know. And then you got your coaches that aren't going anywhere. I mean, Bill Belichick—he's not going anywhere. He's going he to be where he is, and you know that's what he's going to do. That's who he is. You know, so uh, I think he, I think he'll do fine. I mean, you know, just, you got to look at those coaches where that kind of set in. Uh, the guy at uh, what's his name uh, Mike, what's his name in Pittsburgh? You know, they're talking about...
0: Mike Tomlin.
2: Mike Tomlin, yeah. they talking about, potentially. you know, is he going to be able to keep his job? I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, that guy, literally, as soon as somebody let him go, he'd be gone. I mean... Right.
0: Mike Tomlin's great.
2: He's a great coach. He's like, shut up. I mean, you're getting through these seasons, and, I mean, he's doing a lot with average, and sometimes he's had to deal with the crazy, you know, people. So, um. You know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, but I, my hope would be that, you know, some of these guys are going to kind of get it all. You know, the good guys would be the good guys and the bad guys will be the bad guys. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Atlanta, I was kind of surprised, didn't make any changes, but I think it's because they had such a strong second half of the season. You know, to your own, you know, you kind of kind of did it to yourself. You know, it's one of those type of things. Um you, you were not a good team, and not a good coach, or a good team, and then you kind of get it all together, and it all works out. So, um, I don't know. I mean, Atlanta, Atlanta, seven and nine, and we're yipping and patting each other on the back, and you're kind of going, "Still a losing season. What are we, what are we talking about here?"
0: Living is strong. They clearly rallied around Quint. I would still change coordinators. I think Dirt Cutter's killing Matt Ryan. Like Matt Ryan got sacked the most in his career this year. In that final game that they won against the Bucks, he got sacked, I believe, five times. It's just too many dropbacks and just uh, the offensive line's not good enough for him to handle this kind of beating in his mid thirties. Yeah, I'd be very concerned about that. But um, Julio's still awesome. Yeah, There's yeah. still a lot of talent. Ridley's gonna be great. Hooper's really good. It's an easy turnaround. Like this is still a team that was in the Super Bowl a couple years ago and. Um, I don't know. The only thing I would do, I'm okay with Quinn staying and Dimitrov staying if you change out the coordinator. I just, I'm not a dirt cutter guy. And I think he kind of went unscathed this year for just chucking it up and putting Matt Ryan in serious long-term injury risk.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the best thing with, with Matt Ryan. I mean, he is getting long in the twos. So it's, uh, it's not a... Uh, It's it's It's
0: just not an offense that's gonna help him long term. It's just gonna shorten his career. Like this is just he got hit a lot this year, and he missed a game, and it was it Matt Ryan was hurt, and he got dinged up because of this offense. And I would just I would get away from it if if all possible.
2: Yeah, I mean, but you're also seeing too how uh, what's his name out in in San Francisco is really uh, oh
0: Shanahan's awesome. Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean he just yeah. So you saw a real loss there. So it is what it is. You know, uh, it is what it is, but I think the pros, it's uh, like you said, you can't, you just can't go year in and year out. It's getting your brains speed in. You just can't.
0: just can't. All right, dad, anything else you'd like to get out there before we go?
2: Nope. It looks good. I think we got everything. The only other thing was on the uh, soccer. We did, Forget that there's a couple expansion teams coming around, the Nashville and Mm -hmm. Miami CF. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, if we can develop some rivalries against uh, those two teams. So that's it.
0: There we go. All right, Dad. I appreciate it as always. Hopefully this one stays on or we'll just keep recording every day until it works. Yep. There you go. All right, Dad. Thank you. Yes, sir. Take care. Bye bye. All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. Thank you uh, to the wonderful guests for coming on today's show. Thank you uh, to my wonderful listeners for listening to today's episode. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Um, If you like today's episode, leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple. It would be great. Um, It helps the show continue to grow, and I would very much appreciate it. Uh, You can also support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash chase Thomas writer. for as little as $5 a month, it helps the show keep the lights on. So that would be a great help to me as well. Uh, You can also follow me on Twitter at thomas. You could go to ChaseThomasPodcast.com, which has all of my stuff, all my episodes ever, um, links to everything that you need um, and all of my writing that uh, I'm doing fairly often these days um, on the NFL, on NBA, on college football, on pro wrestling. I write about everything. I write a lot. um, So go read me on that front. So if you're not tired of listening to me, you can also read me. Um, So that's awesome. But uh, I think that's enough self-promotion from me for one episode. Uh, I hope you continue listening. That would be great. And uh, I will talk to you all again very soon. Thanks, guys.
2: Nicely done, nephew